For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. I've been looking at this new space for a while because you know how it is. It's, yeah. it's a year, it's year a and process. a half, two oh. years. It's it's a long process. But by the time you start a discussion versus moving in, I mean, there's a lot that happens in between. It's years. Yeah. And, and even on a, like, not a big space. No. That's what people don't realize. No. They're like, oh, if I want a few thousand square feet, I can get that in a few months. Like, yeah. Mm, what? Yeah. And, and, and even, I mean, 60,000, it's like, okay, we're getting somewhere, yeah. but that's not. That's not crazy by any means. Like, what's what's one of Ramsey's buildings? Two hundred fifty thousand. Two hundred fifty thousand of them. Yeah, yeah, just one of them. They built another one. Then they're building the, yeah. the monster castle on the hill. Um, but it, it's it's a process, and so I started to talk about it beginning of the year, kind of as this was still empty, and I got a little bit of pushback internally. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> thinking I'm just running wild. It's like, no, no, no. I'm. I know you're you're right here today. I am a year or two in the future, and so I'm looking into my little crystal ball, and I see a big problem. Totally. And then, you know, this week, we have the whole services group in there, and the office is just a zoo, and everybody's like, we need more space. That is a great idea. Go figure. I'm glad you brought yeah, that up. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll start looking into that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. Let me call my broker and have him start right. to look. Yeah. Well, the crazy part is, like, you're looking at 60,000 feet, and that'll take you, like you said, a year or two. Yeah. Ramsey's job, it's great. You, you can grow the job and the time doesn't change that much. I mean, we no. we started talking to him early in 15 and then we, he broke ground in late 16 on his first phase. So, I mean, that's that's pretty quick, honestly, mm-hmm. for what he was trying to do and trying to get through Franklin. So, yeah, we always talk about Dave. He's, he's the client that it's like, if he says, I'm going to do this December 16th at 1.30 p.m., put it down those are it's good, happening good people to know it is it's yeah. great a lot of people don't operate that yeah. way they're not steady consistent no. like that no we're just those those people that you you hey let's go get lunch at this time and you don't have to worry about confirming or you don't have to worry about showing done. up there and looking around for them or texting them or calling it's them like, they're just they're there where they're supposed to be at the time they said they're gonna oh, be absolutely. there i try to be that person and i get very anxious when i'm even like three minutes late it's hard yeah five minutes early is ten minutes late that well, I've, I've, I tell our team, our team is most everybody's creative. They're not from the construction industry. And I have to tell them, hey, if you're on time, you're late. It's, oh, yeah. That's how the industry works. <laughs> so, yes. so just so you know, if, you, if you're on time, that's not good. That's no, not good. You're supposed you're to be late. early. You just yeah. don't know it. Yeah. We've joked around. Um, 
I don't know if it's similar with with on your guys' side, but on the civil side, there's some guys that'll get to the job an hour early. Well, I know there's a, they're building an apartment complex right next to where I live now. There's guys out there. I work out like five in the morning. They don't start till six thirty out there. Seven. There's guys sleeping in their cars. Yeah, ready to go to work. Got to be ready. Something like that. Don't, and don't know what like I don't know what they're doing. I don't. A lot of them aren't. Re- I mean, they're they drinking a gallon of coffee. Yeah, just getting ready. Yeah, or they're asleep. Or sleep, or listening to the radio. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so you're here because we joked you're on the dark side. You're on the general contracting side. <sighs> Sorry. But <laughs> I uh, talk a lot of smack about general contractors. I'm not the biggest fan of general contractors. Um, but I feel like we need to give general contractors a voice because civil guys wouldn't be very much without GCs. You're oftentimes the customer. Yeah of, you know, the Rossos and the yeah. Jones brothers and all those folks here in town. Um, so you're a necessary part of the ecosystem. You can say necessary evil. That's fine. It's, you're a necessary okay, evil. Yeah. But can you explain, like, I guess we'll start from the beginning. Who the heck are you? How'd you start in construction to begin with? Um, so, yeah, Paul Jones grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I had a, uh, man, just an awesome, awesome family growing up. Um, my grandfather fought in World War II. He came back. R- interesting guy. He was the five minutes earliest, ten minutes late, mm-hmm. and he had some stuff like if you when you wake up, get up, and when you get up, do something. <laughs> and so that's you know he was also the grandfather that I mean you're like your hair right now, Aaron. Problem. Uh-huh. He was the guy. Hey, get those sideburns up, Sonny. <laughs> you know he was really strict. But he started a landscape company that my dad and his brother took over. So I grew up in the landscape business. Loved it. Like, it's terrible work. I mean, it's hot. You're mowing grass. You're mulching. Mm-hmm. Well, that evolved a little bit into patios, decks, retaining walls, kind of residential construction. Um, So I grew up in that. I mean, as a kid, I mean, we were like picking up trash on the side of the road, trying to help out. And, you know, he never, that business never really took off. It, I mean, it flatlined really forever. Mm-hmm. It still does. My My dad still works in it. Um, but it taught me a lot. I mean, it, it taught me like the real value of hard work. It taught me like the beauty of the blue collar person sure. of just, I'm, I just want to come to work and work hard. Uh, and that's not all of them, but it's a lot of them. So I grew up doing that, went to UT, got a business degree, um, kind of halfway through school, realized like, man, I don't want to do this. It was like a focus in logistics and transportation. I was like, I, I don't care about trucking at all or Isn't anything this, about logistics. Like it's a, it's a kind of miserable. I took some business classes. Oh, and it's and so it's not very, broad and it's, yeah. this, it's it so actually unfocused. teach you about business. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. It's like, I went all through school, four years of business school and there's two things that really stuck out. And it's, I, I did an internship at marathon petroleum and it mm. was like the, I mean, kind of what you're the stuff you talk about, you see things that you never knew about and the scale and what it takes to run the energy in this country. And Mm -hmm. it blows your mind. Yeah. So from an early age that like blew my mind. I only worked there really for a summer, but through that I was involved in these, like they call them turnarounds where they take a unit down and they spend the prior two years getting ready to rebuild it. Because once it goes down, it's like, Every minute is a billion dollars, basically. Uh, you mean like a refinery? Or In a f- refinery. Yeah. So I was part of that, which was kind of a construction process. And through that, I realized like, man, 
I really like this. I mm. like all the different people involved. I mean, we were sitting in meetings with the guys that ran the equipment on the job, ran parts of the refinery to the engineers that were designing mm -hmm. whatever we're doing. So just to work in that environment was kind of mind blowing to see the different types of people it takes to come together, to do something. Sure. So I kind of realized earlier, like, man, I like the blue collar world. I like this team aspect and just the spectrum of people that's involved in this process. And so I just kind of blindly wandered with the help of a whole lot of people into commercial construction and got plugged in um, with my first company, Big Global Builder. Great experience, but just early on kind of realized like, man, I love the family business. I love small business. I love um, really the relationships that come with that and the mm -hmm. freedom of being able to do what you want to do versus you're a cog in the wheel. Well, with one of those big companies, I mean, it was uh, like Kiwit was kind of my big company experience. And I know in the GC world, you can get stuck, you know, being the guy that counts light bulbs in mm -hmm. one of those big high rises, for example. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yes. It's not it's not that dynamic of a job a lot of times. No. <laughs> Cuz no. it's the same thing floor after floor after floor. <laughs> no, it's you're totally right. I mean this and it it's not a knock on them, but it's like the yeah. scale requires that. Exactly. Yeah. It just it is what it is. And so yeah. I just quickly realized I mean even through that first job, that first 9 years in the industry, I was like, I love this industry. I just don't like this scale of it. Mm -hmm. And so I started looking around going, man, what's a good local company? Met a guy, I like as humble as could be, talking to him. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of in construction too. And I was like, well, what do you do? He goes, well, I work at Solomon Builders. Like, oh, that, you know. And when you're in that GC world, the big GC world, you don't even know mm -hmm. other companies. Yeah. All you know is where you are. So I'd never heard of Solomon Builders. I was like, man, okay. I'm sure you're a nice little company. And of course, I was like, what do you do there? He goes, well, I started it convenient <laughs> i was like i've actually been thinking about making a leap someday to a different smaller local company and so he and i formed a quick friendship over a year and i'd finally hit a breaking point my last job and i thought man i'm if i'm gonna jump it's gonna be now and i need to do it so i did it and it it was probably a few months of just detox <laughs> like mm -hmm. i thought i knew the way to do it and it turns out i was that is a way but it's definitely not the way sure so just kind of relearning that, settling into a small, like truly local company with, I mean, absolute flexibility and freedom to do things the way you want to do it. Um, and it was really pretty early on. I, I struck two quick friendships um, with the two founders. And that man, there's just something different about them. Like they were saying stuff like, yeah, well, we're not really about construction. Like we're about people. And and it wasn't in the, uh, it was in the sense of like, they were looking at you talking about it and then you could see it, the reality of it versus mm -hmm. at the big company. Oh yeah. We're all about, you know, work-life balance or whatever. And yeah. it's Sunday afternoon yeah, and you're, you, you're working you work and it's, yeah. it's on like the screensaver <laughs> that you can't take off your computer unless you email corporate IT or whatever. So yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, we're done here. So man, I'd never looked back. Um, and probably within the first six months. The hardest part of leaving my previous job was I I love the team that we had. I mean, the people were phenomenal. So that was tough. But fast forward a year later, and almost all of them came over to Solomon just nice. kind of one at a time, which my former employee wasn't really excited about and had some 
fun conversations through that process. But, you know, it was one of those, well, they're calling me, you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what to say, really. So well, it's, it's um, it's been happening to us more and more. And I sit there and I because I don't want someone to do that to me. Like I come at it from an employer standpoint now. Yeah. And, and I'm like, hey, 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 they're calling me. And if they're calling me, I don't feel bad about it. I'm, totally. I, I, they're, they're reaching out to me and they're doing it on their own accord. I'm not trying to, I'm not poaching anybody. I'm not reaching out to people. It's just, if it happens, it happens. And I'm not going to feel bad about it. Well, and even being on the other side, I think about if people are coming after employees that work for us, I think, I mean, my first question should be to myself, well, why is that person, why is my person calling? Mm -hmm. Why are they unhappy? Like, sure. how am I not taking care of them? What are we doing wrong instead of, What's the other person doing wrong? Like yeah. it's it's it should be a more introspective question yeah. if you start losing people. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's not that it's way not. a lot of times. No, it's not. No. Um, and I think having experience at one of the big big companies is important because they they you can learn a lot at a big company. Oh yeah. And I think learn learn work working in a big company in construction wherever you are, I think is super valuable because. From just a system standpoint, a scale standpoint, an efficiency standpoint, a safety standpoint, like there's so many things the big companies do really well. But then, like you said, and I've noticed this big time as an employer now, you you get taught some bad habits and it takes a while. Like the longer someone's been in that big business world, the longer it takes to unwind them, I yeah. feel like. <laughs> oh, totally. Because <laughs> well, it's and, different. And we, we look at, um, as we look at other people, there, there's a fine line. It's like if you get someone between that five to ten year mark at the big GC, they're they're salvageable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you no, know, but then you get someone like twenty years, and you just like I know from the like making the transition. I'm like, you're not going to be able to transition. Mm -hmm. I promise. Like it's just you've been too ingrained for too long. Yeah. So you guys are kind of in the middle. Like you're not this small little mom and pop GC. You're still a family business, but you're you do some pretty sizable projects yeah so we i kind of describe us as a like a big mom and pop basically mm -hmm. so occasionally we'll still <clears throat> we'll compete with the turners and the brass fields not a lot um what kind of drives our business is that we truly want to stay local and it's really what attracted me to solomon originally was one of their guiding rules is like we want our people to be at home at night mm -hmm. which is I mean, it's nice. It's a luxury, but it's it's driven by a quality of life that we want for our people. And so there's a sacrifice there because you limit to a degree the size you can get um, if you don't want to travel. So we stick to really Davidson County and the surrounding counties, really middle Tennessee. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, back in the day when Nashville was not really that exciting, we were probably the number 10 contractor. Well, now we're like the 20th because... <laughs> You know, every single big company has come to try to put a tower crane in the sky, oh, which see. is fine. Like, I don't care. That's well, fine. Like across the river, Archer Western's over there. I'm like, when did those guys show up here every in town? Week. Uh, every week. Uh, yeah. Every, I, I see a new big contractor here every, every week. I'm like, that tower crane says Archer Western. What the hell? I'm uh, in middle Tennessee. What are they doing here? And that's a big job. How the hell? It's every <laughs> week. But you know, to us, it's like, man, go get it. More yeah. power to you guys. Yeah. We know the lane we like to run in. You know, we we really want to stay around 100 employees and we, we keep our revenue really between 80 and 120 million dollars for that reason. So we we would rather be really, really good at what we do than try to go plant flags and just drive revenue or profit, like regardless of what it costs us personnel wise. 
I think it's more so drive revenue than profit. Totally. Hopefully profit yeah. falls, but not. They're not all always. learning. It's not necessarily correlated uh, uh-huh. <laughs> the yes. way they want it to be. Yeah. Just a revenue game right now. That's right. Um, can you talk about the planning? You guys, you were involved in a bunch of planning over uh, the course of the past few years as a business, yeah. kind of thinking higher level as a GC about people, how you take care of people, values, that kind of thing. You get into that process and yeah, what prompted absolutely. all that? You know, it, it was interesting when I started. Um, I, I started realizing that we were this incredible company, but we couldn't explain why. We couldn't really talk about it. And a lot mm-hmm. of it had to do with our two founders. I mean, remarkable men. And to the to degree that I would say have impacted my life almost more than anybody. Um, one retired in 2018, but then Ty Osmond was the, um, president and founder. And he and I just, I mean, just struck up a fast friendship, you know, with people that you just, Mm -hmm. we see eye to eye, but he was gracious enough to, um, really pour into me personally on, on more, like he would always say like, man, I don't really care what kind of builder you are. Like, I really care what kind of father and husband you are Hmm. before and friend before anything else. Hmm. Um, and it was evident quick because. I went from like the get there at 6.30, work till 6.30, even if you're not really doing anything, don't be the first guy to leave. And I'll never forget one of my first like weeks at Solomon, I hadn't had a job started yet. I was kind of just twiddling my thumbs because I didn't really have anything to jump in on. And it was like four o'clock and he, Ty walked by and he goes, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I don't know. I don't feel like I should be the first, the new guy should leave. And he goes, dude, your kid's, these years are precious with your kids leave. Hmm. I don't want you sitting at the office Hmm. if you're not working and being productive. And I don't want you to sacrifice anything more important than your family and friends for work. And so early on, I just realized like, man, we have something special, but we can't describe it other than we have incredible leaders. So probably in 2018, um, Ty and a few others, we started really talking about it. It's like, okay, we've had our 25th year anniversary. Um, we took this remarkable trip. We've got this momentum that's built up in the company. And, and it's something you, you couldn't really get any person in Solomon to talk, to explain clearly, what are we about? What are our priorities? What really are our values? And so we went down this road, you know, you're talking about, uh, people helping you with your branding. I mean, contractors are great at contracting. Mm-hmm. They are terrible at being creative. Yeah. And so our first call is like, well, we got to get someone to help us with this. Like, what are we about? So we hired a consultant who came in, interviewed clients, customers, subs, like just tried to cast the broadest net they could and just ask the questions like, what's Solomon about? Mm. And so we did this in 2019 and we got it pretty far baked in like end of 19, early 20. Um, and so basically we came up with a mission statement that, you know, we build people, relationships, communities, and great buildings. And we were really specific about the order. We're mm-hmm. like, I don't ever want a client to forget the order. I don't want our people to forget the order. I don't want subcontractors to forget the order. Sure. Like it is people first, no matter what. Um, and then we dug into some values and we had the like, it's funny, I was always joke like, I'd say, Ty, go ask anybody what our values are. And they were like, I, I don't know. Teamwork's one of them. <laughs> and then quality. I was like, dude, these are the ones that like everybody bought in 1991 from the same consultant. I was mm-hmm. like, man, we've, 
we something has grown here and been built here that's way more than that yeah teamwork integrity safety oh, like totally. all the all the <laughs> oh, all the uh, go-to values like, those yeah. are kind of table stakes yeah. like yeah uh, and so we, we came up and somebody just commented on them recently because you love when people notice these things. But we came up with servant's heart, playful spirit, winning drive, entrepreneur's mind, and true grit. And man, the second we had them all cast out there, we just thought, like, that's it. I mean, just, hmm. everybody's got different levels of them, but everybody's got those. Why, why, is, why was defining that important? What was the value of doing that? Well, the time we didn't, I mean, at the time, I liked it because it was self-serving because I could explain to other people, whether it was business development or interviews, I had the right words to say. So that was early 20, um, and then COVID hit, and we got called into like kind of a bizarre project at the Music City Center mm-hmm. where we're working with AECOM Hunt to yeah. build a temporary hospital. And yeah. so we went for like a few weeks of just 24-7 nonstop work that all just kind of crumbled at the end when they realized they couldn't staff it. So (laughs) that was in April, May comes around getting to the summer. And, you know, I I tell everybody, I'll never think of 2020 for COVID. I'll always think of 2020 as the year Ty Osmond died. Mm. And so July came around and we were, we were, I was at the pool with my wife and kids at the Osmond's house and a neighbor came over and grabbed me and said, Hey, there's been an accident. And Ty was fishing on the duck river and he drowned. And this is like, I mean, I could, I can't even put into words like Mm -hmm. flattened, like devastated. This is a, a guy. I mean, I didn't really even think about him like a boss or employer. I was like, man, this is on the the podium of people who've influenced my life. He's on the podium. (laughs) Like he's not the top, but he's second or third. Um, so tough and it just threw us into a whirlwind as a company for a few weeks of maintaining communicating to clients because everybody wanted to know i mean i knew everybody in nashville so everybody wanted to know so we're communicating we're <laughs> coming up with hey what are, what are we doing what's going on um and then starting to work with ty's wife nancy who never expected to own or run a hundred million dollar construction company <laughs> Um, and had, had, to me, she had, she had a critical piece in building the business, but it was unseen. I mean, she was, she was working at home. She was helping raise the kids. She was taking care of everything that had to happen. So Ty could do what he did. So it wasn't until after his accident that we're, we're leaping like five years, basically fast forwarding into a second generation that we didn't think was Hmm. coming that we thought, wow. I mean, this literally was like him handing us the baton of this is how I did this. Mm. This is what we do. And we talk about it all the time now. I'm like, man, in hindsight, if we wouldn't have had that, I feel like we'd be grasping for straws right now. Not as a company. I mean, it's hard to fail in Nashville right now. <laughs> like, you got to be pretty special <laughs> to, to fail. But I, I feel like we would have struggled with, like, who are we? Like we were, we were really anchored in the two founders and it was so important for us to put that stake in the ground of this is exactly who we are. And we talk about it all the time. We're like, man, these values were tied to a T and you look around, it's like, and it's all the people we've brought in and built around us mm-hmm. to a T. So at the time we didn't, we didn't really know. Um, but that was when, after his accident, when his wife stepped in, that was the very first thing we did with her was we had already scheduled and planned a 30th anniversary that we were going to roll this out as a party in February and 
we pretty much broke every COVID rule to have it because we just thought, man, it is more important for us to be together and do this than anything else. Mm -hmm. And so we used that event and she like just did an incredible job of helping us get that across the finish line and rolling it out to all our employees. And it was, it's phenomenal. It's like, I, I attribute so much of the success to that. It's, it's a pretty amazing, amazing story because the, the identity of the business was wrapped up in the founders. Totally. And if you remove that from the equation, there's no identity left, but you guys had described that identity before that happened, thankfully. Yes. And so you still had, you still had that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we describe it a lot as an, as a benchmark. Yeah. And it's like, and this is our benchmark. Forget like, forget revenue, forget everything else we do. We're going to look back and see where we're at from our benchmark and if we're still on it or not. Pretty amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. And there are so many construction companies that, that don't have that. Mm -hmm. They have, everybody has a culture. Everybody has values. So that's, that's already within every organization. It's not, you don't go build a, it's, it's there, whether you've been designing it or not. Yes. Um, and a lot of companies are so special, but they've never taken the time to explain what's, what's made them special. And we've done that with a lot of companies now. And it's, it's awesome hearing those stories and boiling it down to here, here is the formula you guys have laid out unknowingly. And here's how you can put it into words so you can explain it to other people. Totally. Then you see that, that click like, yeah, that's, that's it. And, uh, it's a pretty cool it's a cool part of our business to help contractors figure that out. Well, a lot, like I said, you don't know what you're doing really at the time. Mm -hmm. Like you might know it's important, but you might, I mean, you might not know the effect of it mm. until way down the road. That's how we were. I mean, we thought this is important. We need to do it. Yeah. We don't, the one we have is no good. And that was kind of the extent of it. And I think when you ask our employees now, they think, man, because of our 87 employees, they were all, for the most part, we have a handful now of new employees that never met Ty, but mm -hmm. they, 75 of them were like anchored mm. as father figure, friend, so many things. Um, and I think they all now look back and think, wow, it is so critical that we didn't cast our identity. Like we defined it. We put it in concrete. We said, mm -hmm. this is what it is. Yeah. Because um, it'd be hard to come up with after the fact. It was an interesting time period for you, too, because you had somewhat of a, you know, I don't know if it was a career change, but it was, you were thrust into a position you didn't necessarily think you would be in yeah. that quickly due to the circumstances. How was, how was navigating that? It's, it is uh, a great question. It's totally different than I expected. I mean, in my head, I thought, you know, my role now is not it's not different than what I thought it would be when I started there, at least early on within the first year or two of getting to know Ty and talking to him. I knew I'd be in a leadership role and I wanted to be in a leadership role, but I viewed it. I thought, man, this will be great. Ty is a, he's already getting to be like a 50% in maybe more than that, but he was, a, he was gone from the office a lot, mm -hmm. which was great. But I thought, man, this will be great. He'll start transitioning out less and less. And I'll have this, five to seven year window to just learn from him. Like, man, how do you, how do you, how do you care for employees? How do you, I mean, how do you care for clients the way they need to be cared for and not just 
some cheesy business development thing. How do you deal with the issues that come up? Um, and less really of the technical side of the business, but more of the personal um, the personal side of the business. I, I thought, man, this will be great. I'll have half a decade just to do nothing but learn from him and slowly take more and more responsibility. And then overnight, we kind of got cast in this little bit of a gray year. Um, and not really gray year, but his wife stepped in as interim CEO and president for I guess, almost a, right over a year. And so just we worked with her closely to just bring her up to speed, really explain the business, what we do. But she was remarkable. I mean, from the day of his accident, the first thing she did was send a company-wide email out to everyone saying we've lost Ty, but nobody needs to worry about their jobs. Mm. Like, we're going to keep going. I mean, it's just phenomenal, the, the way she handled it and the way she just, I mean, she came into the office like right away. And this is, you'd think, oh, yeah, take a few months, collect yourself, sure. do what you got to do. I mean, she was in right away. And then when we sat down and, you know, we were the ones who laid out the mission, vision, and values of, hey, this is what we've been doing with Ty. <laughs> and she goes, well, this is what I can do. I can't go yell at subcontractors and I can't read blueprints. And I don't want to, but this is what I care about. So that was our transition. And then in October of 20, it's when we officially, or October 21, we officially rolled out, hey, this is our new leadership team. Paul's president. Steve's our ops manager. Jake's an executive project manager. Um, and so it's been about back to your question, it's been totally different. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's almost been, um, an absolute whirlwind. Like, I feel like it's taken me a, a little bit to just get my, um, to get my legs under me. And, and I'm, I'm really thankful that I had Nancy Ty's wife to step in that window of one, the first year. I don't, I, I'm not one to say I can't do a lot, but I think it'd been really hard for me to step in the shoes right behind him does that make sense yeah like just yeah how do i step in the shoes of a legend it's like everyone's like man those are big big uh big shoes to fill and my line is kind of like man I, i'm not gonna fill the shoes but i know the direction we're walking mm -hmm. so and i've got a lot of great people around me people that ty trusted people that i trust and like know my shortcomings and help me along sure. so i've had to get creative a little bit and even how i step into the position and it's it's such a weird array of emotions too, because you're, you know, you're you're working your whole career to get into that leadership position, and so you want to yeah. be happy and and grateful yeah. and man, this is awesome. But then that's not how you wanted to get there at the same time. No, yeah, and it's the opposite. The grieving, and it's like, why why am I? I'm not supposed to be here. Right. What the hell? Um. So that's just a it's just a wacky. That's just a wacky thing to navigate. Oh, it's it's bizarre. I mean, my wife all the time asks me, she's like, can you believe this is what's happened? I really can't. I mean, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. I never would have asked for it this way. But it's just, I mean, it's a weird mix that you can't, it's hard to put the words. Mm -hmm. And it's it hits different days. I mean, there's days that I go in and I just think like, man, I love this job so much. I love this opportunity. I love what I'm doing. I love our people. I love the work we do. And then you're like, oh, the only reason I'm doing this is because he's gone. Yeah. But it's to me, you know, there's a bigger plan here. And all I can do is step into the role I've been called into. Mm -hmm. So, But man, dude, we have so many good 
people are like, man, I'm just surprised it seems so smooth over there. I'm like, dude, it has nothing to do with me. Like, we have so many, like, we have so many great people that have just been doing what they do for so many years. What are what are some of those? Everybody's struggling for people right now. What are some of those elements that that Ty led with to create that atmosphere of caring uh, for people and prioritizing people? And and what are what are some of the things that that he put into motion there? You know, when it when it comes to looking for people, I think one thing that we do a pretty good job of is like we don't really ask for resumes. Mm. Like, man, I don't I don't care. Like, your resume is going to look awesome. I get it. Like, yeah, <laughs> everybody's does. Yeah, yeah. everybody's looks yeah. great. I mean, we 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 <laughs> event, if we get farther enough in the process, we'll ask for references. But I'm like, again, I did. Nobody has given me a reference that you've called. I'm like, man, that person is terrible. <laughs> don't hire them. So it's like references are another thing we don't really go after. Um, we try to do almost all referral. So we've been looking to mm. fill a few spots recently. And so in our staff meetings, it's like, hey, talk to everybody you know and just say, we've got a position available mm-hmm. and see what comes in. We don't hire a lot. We've got a position open. And so see what happens. And so most of it's word of mouth. Um, and then we'll get to a place where we bring people in and talk to them. Um, but I think what I, I noticed from Ty was that I remember one of my first interviews with, I say interviews, we went to lunch um, with the two founders. I mean, I was like the classic sitting there trying to tell them all the stuff I could do and all the experience I got. Oh, I can manage this type of insurance and this and that. And I know this program and like, okay, <laughs> like, Tell me about yourself. How, you know, where are you from? Wife, kids, what do y'all like to do? And so we, we really tried to just lead with personal questions, just getting to know the people. Yeah. What do you like to do when you're not working? Tell me about what's going on. What do you care about? Um, I always like asking people what they're not good at. Mm-hmm. What are you not good at? What do you not like to do? Mm-hmm. And everyone wants to sit and you, you just pick up quickly of, since we are a small company, there's a lot of people that can come click buttons. They can send the right paperwork. But since we're small, we've got to be flexible. And so people have to be at least maybe not the strongest communicators, but they've got to be strong communicators. So that rolls out a whole lot of people mm-hmm. in our industry. Yeah. We um, talked to the big contractor out of North Carolina on the podcast, Hoopaw, and I asked them, what would you guys start training on first? What's the most important thing to train on? And they said, without a doubt, communication. Oh, 100%. Easy. So it's not anything technical whatsoever. It's communication. And that's why we started with, that's why when we said, hey, we're going to go train the industry, what should we start with? Leadership. And that's why we started the conversation with Jocko and, and with the people that we did because we see such an enormous need for it because people are great at building stuff, but okay, cool. You can build stuff. Right. But you need to be able to communicate more effectively. We all need to come together as a team. And it's like, why I have you here is because there's this, the GC and the the subs will butt heads all the time. And it's like, you guys are on the same team. You recognize that, right? And if you had better leadership and better communication skills, that wouldn't happen nearly as much. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it all. And it's honestly another big reason I left because my first job is I thought, man, this job has become making life difficult for subcontractors. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm just thinking about my dad. I'm like, how am I doing this? 
I'm just loading him with paperwork and stuff that is completely, it's some derivative of my self-interest mm -hmm. as a company. Exactly. Of the big GC. It really doesn't have to do with the client. It has nothing to do with the sub. It is all my interest. And I look, it's a business. By the end of the day, everyone has to be self-interested, but they've you lose sight of the fact that GCs are literally nothing without subs. Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about learning both good and bad from different job experiences. I mean, I, I had a great superintendent in one of my first jobs. And he told me that very thing. I, I realized it right away. I said, Mike, people like working for you. Like, what is it? And he goes, it's because I don't act like I know how to do their job. Mm -hmm. And I actually appreciate that they can do it and I can't. <laughs> so, yeah, I need to know a little bit about how everybody does it. But to come in and act like an expert, like I can pick up the welder and start stacking dimes, it's that yeah. ain't me. So I, I, yeah. that always resonated with me of, and you, you got to have appreciation for what other people do. And I, I think that's the differentiation between a good GC and a bad GC. I think. The, the bad GCs, they just have this arrogance that pisses me off. And it, I think that's why I'm getting rubbed the wrong way so many times, so, so often is they're just, they're arrogant. They think they know everything. They think it's, it's their site, their rules. Everybody works for them. And it's all about me, 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 me. And it, it drives me nuts because it's like, you guys are, you guys are nothing out here. You guys are doing 0% of building that building. And, no, and you don't even know that. You don't even understand that. You don't even have the humility to sit there and say, yeah, no, I, I get that. But the ones that do have the humility, and I know you have to have some level of self-interest with, within your own business, but the whole conscious capitalism approach is let's take care of everybody else. Totally. And if we take care of everybody else, our business will check out at the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so it's, it's completely counterintuitive. Let's go take care of our subcontractors. Let's go take care of our... Our, our vendors, our people, everybody else involved. And your business is going to be way better off. Oh. And, and GCs, I can go on and on, but it's, it's, it's a lot of making everybody else's job more difficult and passing the risk off to everybody else. Here's all of the risk. We're not going to take on any of the risk whatsoever. We, oh, we don't get paid? Sorry, bud. You don't get paid. Right. And oh, you're a family business? We don't give a shit. Like we yeah. didn't get paid. And it's like, dude, you're a multi-billion dollar company. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. You can't throw us a bone here. Well, and, you know, I think a thing that we've done a great job at, and it's one of the first things I noticed. And I heard some stories like this um, after I got started there. But like when I was at my last job, man, they would get, we would get paid as the GC and we would sit around for 30 days. Just because you can. Just because you can. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. No, it's fine. I said 30 days. I'll pay in 30 days. Oh, I got paid. You're out another 30 days. Sorry about it. <laughs> what I love is like at our Monday morning staff meeting, like the second we get paid on a project, that week we cut checks for all those subs. Mm. And so you talk about a project like Dave's, the subs are motivated for mm -hmm. him because instead of being 60 or 90 days out on getting paid, we're getting a check the next week. Yeah. And, we, and then they're getting paid. So they're getting paid in two weeks. It's unfathomable. So, I mean, I appreciate that. We From the second I walked in at Solomon, I saw that difference of we knew very clearly we're nothing without the subs. And it's like, that's right. Like, and that's not something to be embarrassed about. Like, that's the whole point of how the process works. Mm -hmm. And so when we pay them, we take care of them. We've never had a claim with a sub. We almost always work it out with subs. Like, even if it's a... 
like, hey, Ann, we're kind of both at fault. You know, I really could probably totally hang you on the contract that you signed with me, but like, I missed it too. So let's just split it. <laughs> you know, just yeah. that's not crazy. Yeah. But our industry thinks it is. Oh, no. It's, I have more lawyers than you do. So, oh, that's it. We can fight over it, but you're going to lose because yeah, I have more money. It's going to cost you everything. Yeah. Silly. Yeah. It's a bummer. And, 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 and it goes both ways because your subs are nothing without you guys. Totally. And it's a, it's, you need both parties to make a successful project. And that's what we're here to do, build successful projects. And so that when I see the, the budding of heads between different subs or GC and subs or the, the owner and, and the GC or whoever it is, if there's budding of heads on a job site anywhere, that's not good for, for anybody. No one's winning there. No one. So you guys are, are in a good spot culturally from a hiring standpoint, so on and so forth. There is some exposure from a subcontractor standpoint, because if your subs can't figure out the people thing, if your subs can't operate their businesses effectively, you're still hung out to dry. Totally. How, how do you help your subs with what's going on and with labor problems and materials problems and, and everything that we're, we're facing right now? The biggest thing we're doing right now is forcing the conversation far downstream as possible as early as we can. So yeah, you're, line about communication earlier it's like i feel like as a us as a company we've gotten okay with communication when we have pretty strong communicators i said what we've realized the last few years is how much communication has to shift and you know you take a group of people you take an industry that has historically always graded themselves on did I finish on time and on budget? And is my client happy mm-hmm. at the end of the day? That's, that's how I look in the mirror and say, man, I, I earned a paycheck. I did a great job today. Well, in the current market, it's getting like impossible that, to look in the mirror and say that same thing because every conversation is can't find this, can't find that, can't mm-hmm. get people. That's twice as much as it was. Mm-mm. Now we can't finish on time. So we're in the position of always being the messenger. And so what we're telling our people is we have to drive the conversation as early as possible. So force the conversation with your subcontractors as early on in the project as you can. So we can get the information upstream as far and as fast as possible of, hey, don't get all the way down the design process using Joyce just to realize that those are 18 months out and we'll never get them in time. Like, Mm -hmm. let's have that conversation first day. So a lot of it's driving the communication skills down to the subs and giving them the freedom to say, I want you to say, if you can't do it, say you can't do it. Don't put us in a bad spot. Um, But then the other thing is really helping them focus on their capacity. It's just a market right now where there's too much work. They're over committing because everybody's a little bit nervous about where we're going to be in a year or two. (laughs) And it's like, boy, don't shoot yourself in the foot now because you're worried about 2024 or whatever. (laughs) Like, Let's make sure you can do a good job. So we're pretty specific about before we make awards. Hey, can you handle this? And we always say some of our, our, our best subs are the ones who say no to us. Hmm. Like, man, no, I can't, can't bid it. I don't have people for it. I, I, I can't do the job you expect from me if I take that project with the people I have. Mm-hmm. So it's given them the freedom to have some of those conversations. Everybody's so, my, as my dad says, fat, dumb, and happy right now. It's, oh, yeah, I can do that. No problem. No problem. No problem. Quality is not where it should be. Schedules oh. are not where they should be. It's a mess. Yeah, it's tough. It's a mess. It's tough, man. It's, it's, I, I was putting something together, send out to folks, and back to the thing about values, and I thought, man, 
if I had to peg two of our values that got us through or getting us through the last two years, because we're doing well. I mean, we're growing like everybody. It's mm-hmm. moderate growth, mm-hmm. um, but we're growing our people. We're hiring the right people. And I, but I look at how hard it's been to grow. And I think, man, grit, true grit and playful spirit are like the two things that have helped us survive. Because at the end, I mean, it's just the industry is too hard. I mean, that's to your point about hiring, too. It's like. I ask people, like, are you okay with stress? Like, mm-hmm. are you looking for just something easy and breezy and you won't ever carry anything home or think about it after work? Well, it's not us. You're in the wrong industry. Well, and, um, but, but to that point, too, I think playful spirit's important. We have one along those lines of lighten up. Yeah. Because everybody, sometimes they're just so serious. It's like, I get it. I get it. Yeah. There's schedules and there's lots of money and safety and so on and so forth. But, Chill. Take yes. a take a deep breath. Why are we so wound up right now? Because it's screwing everybody here. Totally. Let's just have a let's have a good time while we do this. So yeah, we can be stressed out. Yeah, we can be up against big schedules, big deadlines, big money, big problems. But that doesn't mean we can't enjoy ourselves while we do it. <laughs> totally. Because then you, I mean, then you start missing out on what really matters. Uh huh. And you get so stressed about all this stuff and you start missing the people around you mm. and seeing them and interacting with them. And and to me, that's that's the biggest failure we can have is to get so stressed about, I mean, ultimately things that don't matter, that we miss what really matters, which is right in front of us, which is the relationships with the people around us. But sure. it's funny how that just gets can get thrown out so quick. Oh, there was one time I uh, I was on a site. I think it was the last time I got, well... I've gotten myself in a bunch of trouble. Um, I get myself in trouble all the time. But it was it was one time it was I was flying a drone on a job site and You're not an FAA pilot. Oh, well, I didn't fill out all their <laughs> all their drone paperwork. Ooh, God forbid. Drone permit. And the guy comes over to me and he's not he's not senior management because I knew the project director on the site. I'm like, I know the guy in charge here for the general contractor. And it was just a chance I met him on Broadway because he's a friend's parent. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he just so happens to be on I that project. It. So I knew the guy at the top, so I wasn't too nervous. But, but he comes over. So he's like mid-level safety supervisor or whatever it is. And he comes over to me and he starts talking to me and he's really, really serious. And he has one of the hockey helmets. And he mid-conversation, he flips the visor down. So you know I'm serious. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know I'm serious so, now. So he was serious, but then he flips the visor down to continue the conversation. It got really serious. And I'm like, oh no, the visor's down now, everybody. Let's, oh, dude. <laughs> I am screwed. <laughs> dude, the, the, but I was just cracking up because I was like, like, you're you're this wound up about this. And and I would be a lot friendlier to you if you weren't so, so much of an asshole to me. Totally. But you're just, you're coming up being an asshole to me, so I'm going to be an asshole to you because it's... Dude, it, 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 it's so funny, like, the, the the moments that you're like, why can't people, like, come out of their, like, lift out of their bodies, look at the situation and not laugh? Mm-hmm. Like, how are we missing? I remember that when I was at Turner, that was like, and we had hit something. It was, it was like nothing. It was like an irrigation line. Safety guy comes out and does all the stuff and... He starts quizzing us and he goes, well, did you guys fill out the penetration permit? And I was like, what? <laughs> you, you're kidding, right? And and then, of course, he he shows it to us like, yeah, you know, you're supposed to fill out this penetration permit anytime you penetrate. Blah, blah, blah. If you penetrate more than two inches, then, of course, like he's lost the room. 
you know, like you're, it's a bunch of construction guys and you're talking about, and you're like, and he didn't see it. And I just thought, man, I gotta go. Like a bit. Like, is there a camera here? Somewhere? There's gotta be yeah. somebody about to pop up and like yell at us for not laughing basically. But I was like, this is hilarious. guys. like, I gotta go. Um, what, what advice do you have to subcontractors? I know you said overextending is is a big issue but but to subs cuz most everybody like I said I talk to is a subcontractor a lot of times to a general contractor sure they're self-performed for DOT yeah. and all that but um operating as a sub from a GC perspective what kind of advice do you have for them mm, that's a great question you know we there's a there's a contractor in town charter construction they do like concrete and it's kind of a role reversal we just had a lunch with them and he's uh, the guy who runs that office is one of the guys I've asked to kind of be a mentor to me in light of being thrust into a position I wasn't really expecting this year. And we just had to sit down with them and we went to their office for lunch and it was one of those moments you're like, why don't we do this more? Mm. Like we've worked with you for 20 something years and I don't know if we've ever come to your office. You know, I mean, they come to ours a lot, but we went to their office, had lunch with all their, our key people and their key people mm. and just, had the most blunt conversation of what are we doing that doesn't help you hmm. both ways? How do we need to get better as a general contractor for you to do better as a sub? And then the same way, how, what can they do better so we can perform better? And so I would say, engage your generals in that way, in that light of let's help each other, help each other out. Let's sit down, build the genuine relationship because you can say all the time, Hey, don't overextend and, and give us the information, but it kind of comes back to the relationships you're talking about. Like if the genuine relationship's not there, those things are kind of a pipe dream. Yeah. So I would say that like engage in meaningful ways so you can actually have the freedom to have the conversations you need to have and get the, give and get the feedback. Sure. That, I, I think that's one of the mistakes people make too is it's, it's always about business and you can't really form a genuine human relationship no. if it's always about work and the schedule and what needs to get done. You need to have some component of, how are your kids doing? Totally. Like, I saw you were at the pool this weekend. How that? How was that? Yeah. Like beautiful weather, huh? Oh yeah. It was awesome. Or yeah, I took the boat out. It was a great time. Totally. Like that oftentimes has more value than any other conversation you can have. 100%. <clears throat> yeah, I, I would say that because... It's getting harder and harder, too, with the amount of busyness that people have, even as a result of supply chain and all the challenges in the market. Um, you know, the, the, what used to be one phone call and one email is like five. You know, it's just it's not the same. It's you say, hey, you know, are the windows coming? Yeah, they're coming. OK, cool. What date? June 1st. I'll see them then. And that was it. I mean, mm -hmm. they showed up. Yeah. Now it's like, well, I guess I got to call them every week, make sure they still make that window. And then, then now I'm talking to like the, you know, the person on the container ship to see when the window is going to get up. It's like so <laughs> stupid. And so we've lost so much capacity. Uh -huh. And so you really have to make it a priority to have those meetings. Like I'm talking about of like, no, let's really sit down, check in on each other. How are you guys doing? Yeah. How are we doing? How can we help each other? Well, it's counterintuitive in the world we work in because everything is so production based. Mm -hmm. If you're not producing, you're not doing anything. And having a personal conversation and building a relationship, that's not necessarily producing anything, but it's necessary to go produce things. 
Totally. But but we don't put assigned value to it in this industry because if it's a, it's all production based. Well, and what I love about those those times and those conversations are uh, when you can really pay respect to someone hmm. that you look up to, and when you can learn from them. So I'll use an example: we're doing the YMCA project, and the fence had blown over, and we got in for an early pour that day, and charter had already got in and stood our fence up right like here's a subcontractor putting our fence back up and putting my sign back on the fence Mm -hmm. and i thought man that's incredible like how do you get how do you get that through to all your people so it's neat i mean i feel like we have a great culture like that but sometimes you see those things that you it just stands out so much and i could go and i could talk to their leadership and i could say like hey one, thank you. Like that is incredible. What you've done, the culture you've built from the top to the bottom is incredible mm-hmm. for the soul. And I saw it firsthand because I never see that. It's pretty uncommon for a subcontractor. Like, hey, let me stand the GC's fence back up. And I was like, how do y'all do that? And it was, just, and it wasn't a crazy answer, but it's like, you know, we lead from the top and we tell people, if you see something that needs to be done, do it. Mm. And 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 just. It's like we drive customer service down to every single level. Like, why well, wouldn't I think of that on my own? Well, it goes both ways. I think a subcontractor can sit there and how can I help the GC out? And if you come into it with that mentality, the GC is going to go help you out. And it's yeah. something, it's the little things. Like your example is them standing your fence back up. That's not that dramatic. No. And they could have very easily said, not our problem. That sucks. Fence blew over. And you kind of chuckle at it and you, yeah. as you walk over the fence. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Yeah. Um, but it's the little details like that that really add up at the end of the day. And that's pretty cool. You know, the, when I look back at kind of all of it, the beauty of what I, you call it all the dark side, the GC world. Yeah. I think I'm on the light side, mm-hmm. of the, the lighter shade of the dark side. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you, if you don't get the relationships right with the subs, you miss out on all the fun. Yeah. I mean, and all the, you know, it's interesting, my family, it's like my dad's a landscaper, but I'm really the only one who's into construction and the rest, you know, one's in DC and the other's a financial advisor, completely white collar, couldn't get any whiter. And so they always like love hearing the stories of like, oh, you know, what do you hear at work and all this stuff. And you know, I tell them these stories and it kind of blows their mind. And I think, you know, we've got that as a GC, but if my relationships aren't right with my subs, mm-hmm. I'm missing that across the board. Because mm-hmm. subs, I mean, they're just like us. That's yeah. what big GCs don't like to admit. Like, they're just like us. I mean, we all like the same stuff. We appreciate the same things about each other. Same humor. Yeah. Same humor, yeah. everything. Same yeah. work ethic. And so... You got to get that right because otherwise you're missing out on half the benefit of the whole industry. And I think that's important too from a workforce development standpoint. Okay, our industry's one of our bi- our industry's biggest problems workforce development. Yeah, and if we're making it miserable to work in the industry, totally. wow, it's a it's a huge wonder why people don't want to work here exactly. or keep leaving the industry. It's like you make it miserable. Why, yeah, why would be, I be here? I'm going to be like hot and sweaty, cold and wet, and people yeah. are going to yell at me. Yeah, and get yelled at cool. all day. No <laughs> thanks. Yeah, and especially the next generation, it's like. I don't need to get yelled at all day to make that money. Like, okay, cool. The money's good, but it's good over here too. So I'll just go over here. (laughs) You're absolutely right. (laughs) And it's, it's, yeah, if you just beat the fun out of it, beat the fun out of it, or just terrify people 
Yeah. I mean, even some like there's a lot of violations nowadays that you just get fired. Like if if you don't if you if you don't have fall protection over four feet, you're just fired. Done. And it's just like a rule with fear mentality. And you just have people scared shitless across your job site. And then you're sitting there blaming people. It's yeah. like, man, they don't want to work anymore. And we have a big workforce problem, this and that. And you're like, dude, look at look in the mirror. Look in the mirror because you're the problem. You're yeah. not taking any ownership of the problem whatsoever. Um, and it's it's frustrating to me as a young person because it's like, hey, I know you older guys are out of here in five years, but I got 40 years of this. Yeah. And I have to deal with it. So I want to fix it because what else do we do? Exactly. You know, it's interesting too, you talk about being a young guy. I think our industry is a little different too in that there's not a ton of industries where the 50-year-old works for the like 24-year-old right out of school, which is kind of how it works. <laughs> and so- Then the GC for sure. Yeah, GC. Works. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the GCs, like the project managers are in their 20s and yeah. you're, you're you're really directing uh, some folks that have been do literally doing it way longer than you've been alive. Yeah. And so it, to me, that is what you really see quick, how people handle confrontation, because that's going to be a natural spark sure. for, you know, some guy who's 55. Like, yeah, I'll tell you how much I'm going to listen to you yelling at me. Well, and, and so you see and the people who like we have a few young guys who they've just adjusted. Awesome. And they 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 get it. They they understand like, man, I'm not here to dictate how this guy, what he does. I'm here to help him cross the finish line with mm -hmm. a bunch of other people. So you see the people who can get that relationship right, but mm -hmm. you see the ones that crash and burn too. And that's that's more important than the technical side. Totally. Yeah. It's the, it's the harder part. I mean, yeah. you can see how the bricks stack together sure. pretty quick. It's pretty crazy. We just had a question the other day. It was a guy, an engineer, and he keeps butting heads with the folks out in the field, naturally. <laughs> and... um. At least if I were in that position, I would start with those personal relationships like we talked about. Like, don't even talk about work. Don't even talk about the job. Yeah. Just get to know the guys and yeah. just prove that you're a human being. And, and totally. look, look like you're, you know, also one of the things I like, look like you're supposed to be there. Like, don't show up in slacks and a button down. Totally. Like, look like you're supposed to be yeah. there. Get to know the guys. And I guarantee you, you'll have a much better relationship going forward. Yeah, I, want to, I always want to tell him like, hey, like try before you tell him what to do, like figure out why his name is Ratchet, you know, or like, why does he go by Squirrel? Like get get that piece and then we'll jump into like the RFI you're working on. You know, it's like, come on, dude. A squirrel. I've probably met some guys. Dude, everybody, like we, everybody's got a squirrel. We got a squirrel. He's like five foot one and he's everybody's favorite person he's got a new joke every day and it's it's hilarious that's pretty funny it's there's the people are just fantastic yeah yeah i i i wish there were more more groups like you guys it's been it's it's interesting seeing where the gc world's going because it it is more and more dominated by the mega yeah companies the multi-billion dollar behemoths and they're just starting to pop like we were talking about nashville they're there's popping up everywhere, everywhere, and they're just bidding on everything, and they're just gobbling up market share, market share, market share, market share. And uh, I look around, I'm like, I don't know if this is a good thing for yeah. everybody. It's just, it's making me a little uneasy. Well, they, they just play a different game, mm -hmm. and I know it because I've been on the other side. But they come in and they, oh yeah, our fees real low. It's like, well yeah, but your people are twice as much even though they're not really like you mm -hmm. still pay them the same wage. You just collect twice yeah. as much on yeah. them. And yeah. then you pedal like six different insurances that owners don't really need. 
but you need it because it helps line your pockets. Mm -hmm. So it's hard because they're changing the game. Um, and it, and it, it's, it kind of messes with people who don't live in it every day. They don't understand it. Yeah. And so, you know, I can, I can till I'm blue in the face. I can tell an owner, you're like, Hey, you can price it, price us against them. And now they're, they're make people make awards earlier. So they go off like fee and general conditions. I'm like, that's only like 5% of the job that, oh, you're, wow. that they, you're talking about. Like, wow. You're talking about what the management team costs and the fee we make at the end. Yeah. And overall, that's less than 10% of the job. What you're not talking about is the 90% of the subcontractors. Sure. And I promise I'll get a better price. Hmm. You know what I mean? Because the subs know like, hey, I'm going to pay them mm -hmm. the second I get paid. Mm -hmm. I'm going to treat them with respect. I'm not going to get in claims. I'm not going to demand 60,000 checklists that they don't need to do. And so we get preferred pricing, but it's hard to, it's easy to say, but it's hard to show people. Well, and just better quality. They're just more motivated. Yeah. Like when I call, it's like, Hey, yeah, no, they're going to pay us fast and take care of us. And we worked with them for 30 years. Let's go answer their call. Imagine that. Bizarre. Yeah. That's, that's weird how that works. Isn't it? It's yeah. It's, it's either, I mean, you guys are, you guys are a rarity though. Cause it's, I've seen, I've seen this. I think it's, it's either, there's a bunch of small guys that because the market's really good. Yeah. Anybody can go get work right now. Yep. So anybody and a mother and their mother can go get a contractor's license and be, totally. become a GC tomorrow, and then you have a lot of these bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger players. Yep. And there's not a whole lot middle, and that's where you guys live, which I think is a pretty good place to be. And like you kind that. of bump into either side of it depending on where you're at. Yep. If you stay in your lane. That's a that's a sweet spot. Yeah, and that's what we want to do. You know, we talk. I would always say if, if you grow too much and too fast, you'll typically grow out of what you're good at. Mm -hmm. And so we know what we're good at. I mean, we're good at local relationships, both on the sub side and on the client side. Um, and that's what we want to be. Yeah, we've, uh, we're on the fast growth plan. and You are. It, but it, we're still friends. That's what I like about it. Yeah. I think. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with you guys. I, I was going to make a social post about this today. I'm going to write it. But it's, you know, the worst part about growth is everybody thinks it's this good thing. Um, and, and, and everybody thinks, you know what you're doing, but it's like, no, 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 that's, yeah. it's, that's definitely not true. And it hides a lot of problems. Well, and there's different types. I mean, that's what, every, you know, everybody gets confused of, oh, you know, there's revenues only growth. Well, I'll say for us personally, like our revenue is not growing a ton. We have never grown so much as a company. Mm. Just as we go through this transition, you know, people are stretching at every level. We're mm. learning each other in new ways. I mean, you took a company that didn't change in essence, really for 30 years, 29 years. Mm -hmm. And in the 30th year, you change every, almost everything about it. Change the owner. Yeah. Change the leadership team, you know, change Nash Nashville's change. You know, our environment's changing. So sure. it's not always COVID. Yeah. COVID, yeah. All this, it's like, yeah. it's not just numbers. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of different ways to grow. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I appreciate you, uh, Appreciate you stopping by today. Thanks for reaching out to the dark side. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to prove, I wanted to show people that, that GCs are still humans. They are. We're people too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be fair and come at it from a broad perspective. And I've always admired what you guys do. So appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for stopping by. Solomon Builders, Paul, that's a wrap.